Hallelujah, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is surely in this place. Glory to God. I just want to thank everyone just for being a part of Christ Central Church this morning. We welcome you. We welcome our online viewers this morning. We pray that you will just join us in our worship, join us in praise, in prayer, and just have an open heart this morning for when the man of God speaks. Hallelujah. We just want you to stand with us. Hallelujah. As we go into worship, just open your hearts this morning and just let God have his way. Amen. Have your way, Lord God. Hallelujah. We're about to set the atmosphere with song, with prayer. If you have a prayer request, you can just put it in the comment section and we will touch and agree with you in anything, in sickness, in anything. There is nothing impossible that the Lord cannot do. So we're going to touch and agree this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. Does anybody believe that for this morning? Anybody believe that this morning? Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is surely in this place. We bless your name, Jesus. Sing the presence of the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. And I feel him in the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is here. Is here. Hallelujah. Sing the spirit of the spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord And I feel him in feel him in the atmosphere. The spirit of the Lord The spirit of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Sing the power of the power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. And I feel him in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. There we go. Everybody, everybody blow the trumpet and sound the alarm. 
Because the Lord, the Lord is in the temple. Now everybody bow. Let all, let all the people praise Him. Now the Lord is here, is here. Sing the presence of the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the, the, Lord. Presence of the Lord is here. And I feel him in, feel him in the atmosphere. The presence of the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. So everybody, everybody, blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. Because the Lord is in the temple, now everybody bow. Sing, let all, let all the people praise Him now. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is here, is is here. Hallelujah. I can feel. The presence of the Lord, and I'm going to get my blessing right now. I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm going to get my blessing. I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm going to get my blessing. See, I can, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm going to get my blessing right now. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm gonna get my blessing right now. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm gonna get my take it up right now. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm gonna get my blessing right now. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm gonna get my blessing right now. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm gonna get my blessing. Right now I can feel the presence of the Lord and I'm going to get my blessing. Can't you see him working on the outside? I can feel him moving on the inside. So come and enter in. You open up your heart and pour you out a blessing. Because when the Lord steps in, the healing and victory is all up to you. Whatever you need to do, my faith believe you can receive. Can't you see? Can't you see him working on the outside? I can't feel him moving on the inside. So come and enter in and cast your cares on him. He'll open up the window for you out of blessing. Cause when the Lord steps in, give you everything you need. Healing, power, and victory. All up. It's all up to you. Whatever you need. My faith believe. See, I can, I can feel the presence of the Lord. I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm gonna get. I can, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm gonna get my blessing. I can, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm gonna get. Take it up. I can, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm gonna get my blessing. I can, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and 
I'm going to get my back down, down. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to get my blessing. I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to get my blessing. The presence of the presence of the Lord is here. Come on and bless the Lord in this house. Come on and magnify the Lord in this house today. Let's continue to worship the Lord. Let's clap our hands before the presence of God. For the Lord our God is good. His mercies endure forever. And his truth endure to all generations. We give unto the Lord glory and strength. We give unto the Lord what is due unto his name. His name is worthy. His name is holy. His name is powerful. His name is the only name that men must be saved. There is no other name given among men under heaven whereby you must be saved. That's the name of Jesus Christ. We serve him and him alone. And we know that he's the only one that's going to stand and last forever. Kings will fail. Princes will fail. But the name of Jesus will yet live and he will live in eternity. And he will be written in our minds and in our hearts. And I thank God for the day he saved me from sin. He pulled me out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's a testimony in itself how God has been good. And we give God thanks another day. This is a wonderful day to be in the house of God. We are such a great congregant of people that God has saved us for us to be a blessing to the world. And I believe we are yet called for this essential time. I believe there's no better place I'd rather be than in, in, in being Christ-centered church, where Christ is our central focus, where God has called us to be a, a light and a blessing in this part of the vineyard. And we know that we will be in Jesus' name. We thank you for watching and those who are yet commenting on our social media platforms and your prayer requests and your vote of encouragement. We thank you for spending the time worshiping with us and those who are our members who are watching us. We are praying that you are be blessed today because we had a wonderful experience in the presence of the king on this morning. And we know God is going to meet you where you are because he's that good enough. He's that loving enough to meet you where you are. Let's lift our hands in the presence of God as we pray today's service that God will bless this congregation. Whatever needs we came with, let us have that understanding what we are coming here for to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Father, in Jesus name, we come to you. We thank you for another day this morning. We know that, God, we have come here, nothing that we have done to earn our way of get salvation, knowing that we could not do anything to earn our goodness, your goodness towards us. But because the goodness of God leads us to repentance, I pray that we present ourselves before you. As Paul rightly said, let us become, look God, a living sacrifice. Let us be holy. Let us be, oh God, let us be called out and separate. Let us be knowing it's our reasonable service that we may beseech you before thee. Lord God, we can't do anything of our own good. But we pray, Lord God, because we are vessels, we are just, oh God, filthy, oh God, wretched, oh God, vessels that you had cleaned out. We pray that whatever's in us, God, we pray we reflect the goodness and glory of God. We pray your healing touch upon those who are needing healing. We pray your, oh God, a touch of the mind, touch of the soul. We pray, Lord God, for each and every person that is coming and on their way. 
We're praying for a safe travel. We pray for our online congregation that those who are yet not physically present may be feeling the touch of your presence through this medium. I pray that you will bless their families. I pray you'll give them increase. I pray that you will give restoration. I pray you mend every brokenness in Jesus' name. And we know that your power is able to go past, Lord God, any such barrier. There's no greater power but you. And we know that, God, you can do the impossible things. For in all things, there is nothing impossible with you. We thank you. We praise you. And let us put our hands together. Let us worship the Lord because the Lord our God is wonderful. He's great and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. God bless in Jesus' name.
Sing, you are Alpha. You are Alpha. And you're the Omega. We worship, we worship you are Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are Alpha. You
little bit softer. Sing, we give, we give you. Give him all the glory this morning. Let's give him all the honor this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's take a few more seconds and just continue to worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have your way. Amen. And can we praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. He's truly worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah. Let's praise him for his goodness. Let's praise Him for His mercies and it's for His love. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord, because you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. We want to welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. Amen. Our online congregation will welcome you into the house of God this morning also. Amen. And for those that are here and present, amen, we thank you for being here this morning. Amen. We pray that before the services conclude this morning or this afternoon, amen, you will receive what you came for this morning. You can only come uh, get your blessing only if you come prepared to receive from the Lord this morning. If you come not knowing what you act to expect, God will bless you with more than you imagine or even thinking of. So continue to worship the Lord this morning because He's worthy to be praised. Amen. We thank you for being here this morning. Continue to be a blessing. Amen. As we continue to move on. I'm going to ask Brother Bradley to come on up. He's going to get ready for offering in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord again, everyone. Shall we say hallelujah, everybody? God is so good. There's a sweet atmosphere or a sweet presence of the Lord dwelling. It's just lingering in the atmosphere. And he's just here to do exactly what he said he would do. It is offering time and we give God praise for what God is going to do in this service and what he's done already. This is a special house. And I know we have persons who have come. And um, I, I'm looking around to see if there's any potential visitors. But everyone's family here. But I believe the presence of God is dwelling in the midst of us. Um, I'm so grateful for this house. I'm so grateful for this church. And uh, one of the things that I'm grateful for is that pastor invests in this church, not just only in his finances, but also in the persons he come to, that he knows who are godly men, godly women, that are part of this great body of believers, United Pentecostal Church International, to come and invest in this house. And one person that, he, that, was, that came this year was Brother Carlton Kuhn. And I'm, I'm leading towards the purpose of what we're dealing with, which is our REACH pro program spiritually, our spiritual journey. 
uh, he came and he had had some materials and I took in some of his materials and I have been blessed by them. But one particular um, book that he had written, um, there's a quote that has been stuck in my crawl all week. And he said, and this is the point where I'm trying to make and emphasize with the church. He says, uh, the challenge of the church today is not to judge the church by its attendance of those who attend every Sunday. But it's actually the importance of understanding growth is actually is in the participation of those who are in ministry. So it's not a, a matter of the number. It's the actual participation of those in ministry that makes up showing if your church is growing. Saints of God, I know this church is growing because ever since coming in here, I've seen the hand of God in persons active in ministry. And that encourages me because where God is going to take us in terms of where we're going, and I don't know if the picture will be up, those can see the vision of where we are going. It's going to require us to all be a part of this ministry and participate in the service of the Lord. And I think, saints of God, we know that we are here for no other purpose. God has, we could be nowhere else but in this environment, this assembly, to lift the name of Jesus in another part of the vineyard. And I believe God has called us for that. And, of course, you see the ways of giving and those who are watching. You can invest in this assembly, in this church where we're going, because we are going to do great things in terms of the ministry, not just in attendance, because I know attendance will come. We may not even have, hold, have, have ceased to hold that building where we're going into. But I'm focusing on the investment of the ministry of God will put inside of each and every one of us. There it is right there where your sons and your family, your daughters, where you're going to see so many things done through your family by participating in what God is going to do. That's what he desires from us. He desires not just to make us space and just give, but we are all going to be working together in the ministry of which he has called us and this building that's coming and where we are right now. So you all may stand at this time. And, of course, there's the four ways of giving that has been shown on our screen. And those who are watching, of course, you can follow the instructions that they are there. Uh, we have so many ways of giving, not just in by uh, physical cash, but you can give electronically. And we give God thanks for what he's going to do. We're going to pray today that God will bless us in all in our giving. And if you need envelopes, of course, the ushers are here. And also our credit and debit card machine are to, our, to my right, your left. So uh, God bless you all. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's pray. We give you thanks for what he's doing, for what he's done so far. We pray that it will stir up in the hearts of someone today that they will leap and they will take a leap of faith and stretch themselves in their giving and so that they will sow into your kingdom, that God will take whatever that's theirs and multiply that. I pray that your hand will rest upon uh, your people that will take the stirring, the desire to sow into your kingdom that we know this is for a bigger cause, a greater cause, bigger than themselves, bigger than they actually their bank account. It is about the kingdom of God and what they will invest in, what they will yet receive in return as a down payment and a deposit in their spirit. I pray that their withdrawal will be uh, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, that men will give into their bosom, that they will be a return a blessing uh, cycling, that they will just continue to be a blessing in Jesus' name. We thank you right now. You can follow the instructions as Minister, Car Minister Scarlett will lead us also in this time of worship.
took your time, brother. Amen. That's 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 always always I always like to hear that song because you just come to understand the goodness of Jesus. And um, if you're walking around with no faults, then you won't understand that. But if you like me, walking around with a lot of faults that you, uh, you you don't want to have and 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 flaws and stuff, and you realize that Jesus looked beyond those things and see what I really need. And what we really need is Jesus. Amen. We really need Jesus. And so no matter what's going on, the Lord is just wanting to reach us and do something great in us. I'm so thankful to be here this morning. We had a great service uh, at 9 a.m. Um, I tell you, 9 a.m. service has been lit, church. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> It's been lit. I don't know if it's the extra sacrifice why it's been lit. You know, you come out at 9 a.m. That's pretty serious, dear. You mean business when you come out at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning to go to church. And so we've been um, and we thank God for the 9 a.m. service because I believe that the folks there, they worship so much and they pray and they seek God that they give birth to what will transpire here at 1030. So. I think at the 10:30 service we reap some of the blessings of what transpired at the 9 a.m. service. So we thank God for that, and we give Him praise. Amen. God is doing some wonderful things, and uh, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the kingdom. I mentioned this morning, um, as I was getting started, I said, um, you know, the Bible talks about the Lord um, brings us out of darkness and into His marvelous light, and um, if you live for God long enough you'll come to realize that you're walking in light while others are walking in darkness. And that's not to be disparaging. That's not to, because we want everybody to walk in the light. But when you start to see some things so clear that others aren't seeing clear, you're like, okay, I get it now. And and that's the best way I can say it when the Lord says, man, you will, you know, I brought you from out of darkness. Because when something is dark, you can't perceive. You don't understand. Darkness means ignorance. So things that you would know if you're in the light, when you're in the dark, you don't know. Make sense? So when you're in the dark, you can't perceive what's going on around you. And and somebody can tell you something, but you, you're still like, yeah, 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 I hear you, but I can't see. So when you're in the dark, there's a lot of things that you can't understand. Um, you don't have the knowledge of. And so it's not until you are brought from out of that darkness and into the knowledge, the light, knowledge and light is the same thing in the eyes of the Lord. So when he brings you out of darkness into his light, now you can see clearly. Now you have the knowledge. Now you understand. And so it is just so wonderful to know that the Lord brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light that we don't have to be ignorant that we don't have to live a life um, of, of just not understanding, but we can live that life uh, of, of understanding and knowledge and able to perceive what is going on all around us. So we thank God for that. You know, um, living for God is a no-brainer. You know, it's one of those things that, um, to me, it, it, you know, once you get understanding, it's not a choice. It's just what you do. You know, living for God is just what you do. It, you don't need to choose that because the alternative is, well, as the Lord said to me before, what is your alternative? 
<laughs> you know, that, that's, a, that's a word that I will preach to the day that I die. Uh, you know, when the Lord said to me, that probably the second year of Christ Center Church, I'm getting dressed, putting on my tie in the mirror. And I said, Lord, I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. Every Sunday, if I'm not away someplace, every Sunday, I'm going to have to get dressed and go to the house of the Lord and preach and minister or be in the house and worship. But I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life, huh? And all I heard from the Lord was, what is your alternative? He never said another word. What is your alternative? So um, we think we have choices, but that's just the goodness of the Lord. You really shouldn't have a choice. The goodness of the Lord says, I'll let you choose. I'm not going to make you. I'm going to let you choose. But after you come to know who the Lord is, you realize, I'm not, there's no choice here, Lord. This is just what you do. And so I thank God for his goodness and for being in him and him revealing himself to us and we can live for him. Let's stand and let's turn our Bibles or our devices or the overhead to Esther chapter 5. Esther chapter 5. Overhead of sleep is not working. Well, you know how it go. I mean, I'm not shocked. I mean, I encourage all of you to not trust in um, um, electronics, you know. I mean, I mean, just in case, you know. I don't know if you realize, but I got my Bible. So, you know, I mean, electronics, you know, I hear, you know, it's just kind of, it helps out. But I'm not depending on it. Mm-hmm. You ever hear Jeff Arnold preach? Oh, Lord. When Jeffrey show up, <laughs> Jeffrey show up with his Bible. He called this, he called this the Antichrist device. <laughs> Every time Jeff Arnold preach, wherever he shows up, and he tells you to turn your Bibles, and everybody get out their little smart devices and says, hmm, I see everybody has some Antichrist stuff in here. Poor Jeff. He's the best, man. I'm glad we got a preacher like that in Pentecost that just, he's funny, but he preaches the word of God, man, with passion and power. But, man, he look at everybody and says, hmm. You guys using that Antichrist stuff. And he get up there, he just got his Bible and some scribbles in his Bible. That's it. He's not using the, what he called the Antichrist device. Esther chapter 5, verse number 1 says, Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel. Someone say royal apparel. And stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What will thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. This story has so many similarities to how Jesus relate to us as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Another thing that 
I'm not going to preach about it, but just the, the, the king said to the queen, it shall be given thee to the half of the kingdom. He's saying, the kingdom, half of it, yours, half of it, mine, whatever you want. Now, you know, in, you know, kingship, as the king ruled, you know, the king is in control of everything. But this king is telling his queen that it's yours too. And there's a scripture in the New Testament that says it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And whether you know it or not, Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings, will one day, one day, be the husband of the church. So he's not only king, but he's husband. And here we're reading Esther's husband is not only her husband, but he's king. There's some stuff there that I believe God wants us to understand more than just this story. (laughs) Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you this morning for just being in our heart, filling us with your spirit, allowing us to bask in your presence. But God, we want more. We want to go deeper. We want to, Lord God, have a, oh God, much deeper relationship with you. We want to have a a, a real, oh God, encounter, a real, almighty God, fellowship with you, Lord God, communion. And I pray today, Lord God, that you will allow us the privilege, oh God, to commune with you, to receive of your goodness, almighty God, whatever you have in store for us today let it be so let it be done that lord our life will not be the same and change will come and whatever you want to do will be done and we will experience newness in you lord god take us oh god to a new dimension in you into a deeper relationship that lord your will will be done in every one of us and in this church we thank and praise you for these things we pray and ask you in Jesus name somebody say in Jesus name let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise thank you Jesus you may be seated in the presence of the Lord online congregation I love you I'm just grateful for you and thank God for you and we're so glad that you're able to join us this morning and be with us and look forward to you being with us in 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 person uh, when we celebrate our first service or our dedication service in our new building, look forward to being with you whenever you can. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, an audience with the king. An audience with the king. The book of Esther reports on an actual event. What what we read, that portion of scripture that we read is portion of an actual event. It's not a made-up story. It's not something that we're reading just to, you know, you know, give us some insight about something that is real. No, this is real. It's not a figment of our imagination. It actually happened. And so the book of Esther reports on this actual event. But it is written like a short story. The main characters in this powerful drama are the king Xerxes and his wife 
Queen Esther, a Jewish woman, is second in command, Haman, recently promoted by the king, and Mordecai, a leader, a Jewish leader among the Jews who are scattered throughout Persia, the Persian Empire. In an attempt to stamp out the Jews, Haman manipulates the king into issuing, well, Haman thought he manipulated the king into ensuing or issuing an order calling for the Jews' execution. But Esther used her royal favor to intervene and expose Haman's plot. Ironically, in a dramatic twist of plot, Haman is hung on the gallows he built from Mordecai's execution. Mordecai was the Jew. And so that's a backdrop of the story. But where we read this morning, the portion of scriptures where we read, it was talking about now, you know, Haman's plan at this time was now in effect. And Haman thought that his plan would, 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 would come through because he wanted to execute. He wanted to make the Jews extinct. And so he decided, all right, and he got his plan going and everything ready. And, and he thought, here we go now. I'm getting ready to get these people all executed. And so his plan was good and ready. How many know that the Lord may not be there when you want him? But he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And so there are times where you feel like, God, you need to show up right now. And God is saying, it ain't time yet. And the the situation seems a little bit more intense. And it seems like you're going to lose out. And it seems like, you know, your situation is going to be bad. But God is an on-time God because he's all-knowing. And just when you need him, he will show up. Because God wants you to know it's him that's showing up up on your behalf because God wants you to know that when man can't do what man wants to do, God can make all things possible. And so God shows up right on time. And so Haman had this plot ready, thinking that, yes, my plan, I'm going to get it done. And then the Jews started praying and fasting. They started praying and fasting, seeking the Lord, because they wanted God to spare them. They wanted to not uh, die. They didn't want to be extinct. And and so they fasted and they prayed and called on the name of the Lord. And Esther herself was a Jew. And so it was time for her to also do her part. And so that's where we read where Esther the queen who is a Jew, now went to meet the king. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Bible says Esther used her royal favor. The natural always helps us to understand the spiritual. Don't just get your Bible, open it, and read it, and and, and take the natural occurrences, the natural events, and just run with it. Pray about what you're reading, because what you're reading is more than natural events, natural occurrences. There are more behind 
what you're reading. There's spiritual understanding behind it. The natural helps us understand the spiritual. When we read of the natural occurrences in Scripture, we must understand that there is a spiritual comparison to that natural occurrence. And so this whole uh, event that was happening with Esther and her husband, who is the king, and Haman, who is the hater, and, and, and Mordecai, who is trying to work with his, 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 his cousin Esther, who is his cousin, and trying to get things work right. They, they were all trying to do their thing. It, 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 was, it was a natural thing that we read about, but church, I'm telling you, there's a spiritual comparison, and I hope this, this morning you will follow me through understanding where and how that relates to us today. Esther's story has been told. Esther's story has been lived. But the Bible says these things were done for an example for us. And so when we read the Bible, we might think, oh, that was a long time ago. Yes, but it, was a, it, it should be an example to us. Can't just pass it off as, oh, that, that, that was years ago. These are different times. God is never outdated. The Lord Jesus is never outdated. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is relatable to the, to the generations from the beginning, and he's still relatable today. Don't dismiss the word of God as old and irrelevant and, and, and don't have any significance today. Or don't twist the word or change the word to make it fit today. God knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to change his word. When he spoke his word through his prophets, when he commanded them to write the scriptures, he knew today would come. He's not surprised by today. There are no actions today that make God say, oh, that caught me off guard. So his word was good back then. It's good today. It will be good tomorrow and forever. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. There's something about the word of God that it was good from the beginning of time and it will always be in place. Even when we get to heaven, the word of God will still stand. So we can't twist the word, change the word, or make the word fit what we want it to fit today because the word still works. The word still works the same way. Don't try to make it fit your situation. You're making a mistake. Let it challenge your situation, but don't let it fit your situation. Let it challenge you to say, where am I? Am I on the right track? That's what we're supposed to use it to do. Not take the word and say, well, you know, the Bible is old and yeah, you know, the times are different. Stop it. Stop it. Don't tell Jesus he didn't know how the times would be today because that's what we're saying. Lord, you don't know how the times would have been. And so when you send your word, it was only for them. Then what about us? We're supposed to change it today. Everybody change it to fit their own way. If the word wasn't for today, too, you know what it means? You go ahead and do your part. The way I, you think it's supposed to work, I'll go ahead and do my part. That's not what it is. The word, once it was written, it was written and that's it. Can't change. Can't change. Technology don't mean the word can change. People live in a different kind of way than when they lived back then. Don't, doesn't mean the word should change. The word is good for way back then, and it's good for us today too. The very first thing I want you to notice in the text uh, that we read is that Esther 
prepared herself for an audience with the king. The king who is her husband. Don't forget that part. Esther prepared herself for an audience with the king. She didn't just appear before him randomly and without careful preparation. She did not do that. She put on her royal apparel that she might better recommend herself to the king and laid aside her fast day clothes. She put on her fine clothes not to please herself, but to please her husband who is king. That's some heavy, heavy stuff right there, church. That's some heavy, heavy stuff right there. The church, who is supposed to be the bride of Christ, should not be getting dressed for what they like. We must prepare ourselves because we're supposed to have an audience with the king of kings. We're supposed to have an audience with our husband man. And so if Esther, which I say is the natural, we should still understand the spiritual. If Esther prepared herself to go before the king, we as the bride, the church, are supposed to prepare ourselves to go before the king of kings, who is Jesus Christ. We can't just go before him any kind of way we want, especially if we're trying to get his favor. I talked about this morning that I've been to court, daughter law, I've been to court many times for people to stand in for them. Nobody goes to court in jeans and white t-shirts and expect to get the favor of the judge. Nobody goes to court in some sweatpants and some fresh Adidas and, you know, whatever we want to put on and a hat. Matter of fact, they won't even let you wear the hat in the court. So I watched many times, and I've gone there for many people, to ask the judge to show mercy. And everybody that I see that I went there for, they put on their Sunday best, as we like to say, because they want the judge to show favor toward them. They don't go in there looking any kind of way, because the last thing you want is for the judge to say, you're going to come before me like that and think you're going to get special favor from me? And so that's the natural. And it boggles my mind how for us as the church, for us as Christians, for us that are people that's supposed to be walking in the light, thinking that how we present ourselves doesn't matter. It boggles my mind. I'm like, I'm like way out there like, what am I missing, Lord? What am I missing that you show us in the natural and also have taught us the word of God that how we approach you matter, how we represent you matters. But somehow we think we can just do whatever we want and then start fixing the word of God to make it say, God, that's not important. Mm. We're living in different times, so that's not important. And that's what we tell ourselves. But God's word hasn't changed and God's word is not changing. If God require us to come before him a certain way, we have to come before him a certain way. Let me come and talk to you, Brother D. Let me stand up over here because they're going to stone me when I'm getting ready to say. Let me get out of the way. We're all grown here. We, I don't see too many little kids. We're all grown. 
your wife, my wife, most wives, keyword wife, when they want you to know that they want you to get close to them, they do things, don't they? Or they look a certain way. <laughs> right? They, I, mean, they, I mean, you know when they don't want you touching them. Brother Scarlett, you know when they don't want you touching them, right? <laughs> Ethan, you know when they don't want you touching them? You know? Okay, okay, okay. Brother Henry, you know when they don't want you touching them? Okay. But you also know when they want you to touch them, right? That's how hypocritical we are with our God. We clearly send messages how we dress all the time. But when it comes down to God, we said God understands. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do this or you don't have to do that. I don't understand that. I'm lost. Maybe I'm, I'm the one that's in darkness and everybody else is in light. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the one that's messed up here. But I just know we know how to send messages in what we wear. We know it. Miss, miss. Miss Joy. When you're going to a real nice African event, you're going to pull out your best African thing because you want to, because you're getting ready to. So, so, so we send messages all the times in how we dress. So why are we lying to ourselves now when it comes down to God and says, it doesn't matter. We, God don't care what we put on. Come on, man. I'm serious. That's how I feel. I can't even give no, you know, you know, conservative. I just got to just get right down to it. Come on, man. Just think about that. And we do just that's a little bit of what we do. We do it to the Lord all the time where we take him for granted and we never stop to think about how important all of his word is to us. But when we get ready to do our thing, we start doing how we think it will work. I'm telling you, I feel bad that some of us is going to think that we're on our way to heaven and we're not. I'm, I'm worried about that because, because we're taking God's grace. We're taking God's mercy for granted. The love that God shows us, we're taking it for granted and think that he's okay with whatever we do as long as I'm not killing nobody, as long as I'm not um, stealing from nobody. We just make it, as long as you ain't killing and stealing, everything else go. As long as I'm not killing as long as I'm not stealing, because we think those are probably the two worst crimes you can commit, right? Killing and stealing. So as long as I'm not killing and stealing, God, God is okay with me. Nothing wrong with me sipping a little bit. Nothing wrong with me smoking weed is legal. I can go on and on and on in our mind as long as I'm not killing and as long as I'm not stealing, God and me, we're okay. I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray. And here is an example of God giving us, Brother D, that's in the natural, that he wants us to relate to it spiritually. This wife, this woman was approaching the king that she needs a favor from. She needed him to do something on her behalf for her people, and she needed that. And she made sure she prepared herself to go before the king, who was her husband, to be sure he granted her the favor she needed from him. 
take that in the spiritual. That was the natural. That was the natural. Don't you think that there's some something in the spiritual that we need to learn from that? That that as we go to God for his favor, we need to approach him the right way. I'm way ahead of my lesson. All right, let me stick to lesson because I hope. She put on her royal apparel that she might better recommend herself to the king and laid aside her fast day clothes. She put on her fine clothes not to please herself, but to please the husband who is king. Even before Esther got dressed, In her royal apparel, she fasted and prayed in her preparation to go before the king. I believe we need to take a page from Esther's book in preparation to go before Jesus, who is the king of kings, to get an audience with him. Don't talk to me all the time. Okay, we'll see about that. To have an audience with Jesus, we need to be in right standing through prayer and fasting. We also need to be sure we have on the proper garment that is required, that is acceptable by him. Your appearance matter if you desire to have an audience with the Lord Jesus. So how do we prepare ourselves for an audience with the king? The first thing that the Jews did back then, they prayed and they fast. Now that's obvious, and you're not going to be praying and fasting all the time. But here is what prayer and fasting represents. Prayer and fasting represents submission and humility. Prayer and fasting represents submission and humility. What do you mean by that, preacher? If you're really praying, you are in total submission to the person you're praying to. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not my will be done. Your will be done. So if we're truly praying unto the Lord... We are saying, Lord, I am submitted to your authority. I'm submitted to your power. Whatever you says, Lord God, that's what I will do. So prayer is submission to God. When we go to God and we start telling God to do stuff we want outside of his word, we're not praying. Prayer is when we go and submit to the authority and to the will of God, to to, to his principles. That's prayer. And so what we're doing is we're going to God and say, God, will you show me what your will is so I can go and do it? God, will you open up my understanding to know how to be an effective witness to my loved ones and to my friends and my neighbors? God, will you help me to know how to have right relationships with those that are around me all of it is submission i'm asking god to help me to be who he created me to be it's all submission if you're really praying if you're really praying you don't go to god and tell god what he needs to do why 
because God is all-knowing and you're not. It doesn't make sense to tell him what to do. He's sovereign. He's all-knowing. So what you do when you go to pray is ask questions and submit to his will. You don't go tell him what he needs to do. Then fasting causes you to be humble. Nobody fasts and become haughty. When you're fasting, even when you want to get crazy, you can't because you don't have the strength to do it. (laughs) So fasting is a way to humble you. So prayer and fasting is all about submission and humility. So the very first thing Esther did before she went to have an audience with the king is she made sure she was submitted and she was humble. If you want to go before Jesus and get an audience with Jesus, you have to make sure you're submitted and you're humble. You can't get an audience from the Lord Jesus Christ if you are haughty and unsubmitted. You have to be submitted and humble to get an audience with Jesus. Yes. Yes. And sometimes we're challenged. Because we want God to talk to us, and God is not talking to us because we're haughty and we're not submitted. But when we become submitted and humble, we have an opportunity to get an audience with the Lord. The other thing that we must do to get an audience with the Lord is this. We need to put on our royal apparel, which is a requirement for an audience with the king. Now, preacher, what is the royal apparel? The royal apparel that the Lord Jesus required of us today is the apparel of salvation and righteousness. Salvation is an apparel. Righteousness is an apparel. You put them on. How can you say that, preacher? Isaiah 61 and 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he had clothed me with the garments of salvation. He had covered me with the robe of righteousness. Salvation and righteousness is something you put on. How can you say that, preacher? Well, it don't come from you. That's why you got to put it on because it's not yours. God provides salvation. So when he gives you the instructions to be saved, you take that and put that on. God is righteous. You're not righteous. When, 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 you, when you submit to him, you can put on his righteousness. So in order to come before him, you submit, you humble yourself, you look to him for salvation and put that on, and then you submit to his reign and his rule in your life. You put on his righteousness. That's how you go before the king and get an audience with the king. We can't just go to the king and be haughty and do whatever we want and say whatever we want and look however we want and think he's going to give us an audience. No, we won't. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says in John chapter 9, verse 31, somewhere. Did I get that right, Brother Henry? 931. The scripture says, for God heareth not a sinner, but he that doeth his will and a worshiper, hear me hear it. So here is what God is saying, because he's not, you know, God is love. 
So here's what he's saying. If you're not saved, none of the other prayers mean anything. So don't even pray them. If you're not saved, you need to be saved. That is called salvation. So in, 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 if a person's not saved and they're praying, God, I need this and I need that, God is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Get yourself saved first. And we will work with all the other stuff. So that's how you know the garment of salvation is very important to get an audience with the king. The, 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 you can hear me preach to you the word of God and you need to obey it, but that's not an audience with the king. God has given you instructions. An audience with the king means there's special favor involved. Esther needed a special favor. Esther wanted to take something to the Lord that she needed him to grant her. He needed her as the king to make, make, make this, give her this favor to, to spare her people, even though his right hand man was saying they need to die. He, she went to him for a favor. So if you want the Lord's favor, there's a way you must approach to get the audience. Now, can you receive instructions from the Lord all day, every day? You got his word. You got the preacher. So you can hear instructions all day. That's not an audience. And I think sometimes we as the people of God get frustrated with God because we do desire an audience, but we don't even know how to approach him to get an audience with him. That's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching today, because I want us to understand how we can approach the Lord to get an audience with the Lord. What Esther did ranks among the great deeds of faith in Scripture and could have been recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. It wasn't enough for the Jews to pray and have faith that God would work on their behalf. Somebody had to act for faith without works is dead. Esther wasn't operating on the basis of blind faith. She knew that God had covenanted with the Jews to deal with their enemies. She also knew that God, of the God of Israel, was a forgiven God who would hear his people. And when they humbled themselves and prayed, they would hear from God. Esther didn't act on blind faith. She acted on the knowledge of who God is is uh-huh when we come to the throne of grace we don't have to wonder what our father thinks about us because he always will love us his people will always be welcome but he still require us to approach him a certain way he still require us to come before him looking a certain way, with a certain posture, and not just approaching him any kind of way we want. We can't live for God any kind of way we want. We can't walk with God any kind of way we want. God has standards. God has requirements. God has laws, and he wants us to follow them if we wish to have an audience with him. Can't live for God any kind of way you want. Doesn't work. As I said this morning, we, 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 we take the mercy and the grace of God and the love of God for granted, and we don't realize it. Listen, because God is taking his time in how he's reaching us and, and how he's being patient with us, we think he's okay with what we're doing. Sister Rosalie, God loved and cared for Adam and Eve. But when they messed up, 
Did that stop him from taking them out of the garden? I, I, I thought, you know, God is merciful. I, I thought God is love, Sister Kiki. I, I thought God is merciful. Well, why didn't he just say, well, all right, y'all messed up. Just stay in the garden. It's okay. Why didn't he do that? Oh, it's such the most beautiful place in the world. It, it's got everything that you need. Don't worry about it. I know you messed up. Don't even worry about it. You can stay in the garden. Why didn't he do that? He's, 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 he's kind. He's merciful. He's loving. Why didn't he do that? You ready for another one? He's love. He's kind. He's merciful. He's forgiven. When it was time for the door of the ark to be shut for the flood to flood this world, he shut the door. There was a pregnant lady that was trying to get in the ark. There was an old man that was trying to get in the ark. Why would he shut the door? I thought God is love. Why would he shut the door? I thought he was merciful and gracious. Why he allow that nice family that I live next door to? Why did he not let them get in? All of us receive mercy, grace, and the love of God. And what we do with it is up to us, but it don't last forever. And we're thinking because God is, is, is allowing us to still get by and God is still allowing things to happen, that's good. Let me tell you, God is so good that his goodness spill over. He says he reigns on the just and the unjust alike. So because we are being blessed, it don't mean that we're doing right. Because we are being blessed don't mean we're doing right. It just means God is just that good that even though you're not doing right, he allows his goodness to spill over on you. But it doesn't mean we don't need to repent. It doesn't mean we don't need to get our life right. It doesn't mean we don't need to start living for God according to his word. Don't mean all of that. It just means God is good. And loving and kind. And he's going to continue to do what he does. And we have to realize that we need to do something about it. We can't just keep living and operating like it's no big deal. Esther prepared herself to have an audience with the king. Guess who else prepared to have an audience with their kingsman? Ruth. Remember that? Ruth. Her mom, Naomi, her mother-in-law, Naomi says, in order for Boaz to pay attention to you, this is what you got to do. You want some attention from the king, you're going to have to do it a certain way. And I don't care who you are until, you know, we talked about the woman at the well last week. Here's some revelation for you. When Jesus called her out. She didn't know he was God in the flesh. She could have lied. That's how you know she was humbler if she humbled herself or she submitted herself. See what I'm saying? The, what I'm trying to teach you this morning is, 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 a, is the ways of God that always would be required. When Jesus said to her about she was married five times and the one she's living with right now is, is, is not her husband, she's going to be like, what you talking about? You know, I, I, let me put myself in her place. I don't know this man. This is a stranger. Me and this man don't know nothing. And so how he going to know something about me? So you know the first thing I'm going to do when he say all that? Nah, you got the wrong person. Because in my mind, I'm never going to see you a Jew. 
and I'm a Samaritan, and so you're not going to see me again, so I'm not telling you nothing. So I'm going to tell you a lie. But the, the, the revelation is, she said, you're right. And that meant she submitted and humbled herself. And that's why she was able to have that audience. God knows our hearts. And he knows who will respond in the way they will respond. When I said the Virgin Mary, there was plenty of virgins back then. Why was Mary chosen? Because God knows all of us. And he knew Mary would do all that she needed to do to bring forth that child who is Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh. He knew all of that. So that Mary was chosen because there was a lot of other Virgin Marys. So God knows the heart of his people. And so we got to realize that we have grace we have mercy the love of god but it doesn't mean we're going to have it forever the art door will close one day rain will start to come and we won't have a way to get saved the 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 day will come when he's going to say it's time to get out of the garden and you won't have a choice you won't be able to go back to it god is loving god is gracious god is merciful but he still has to judge he still has to be who he is he cannot deny himself and we cannot misunderstand that if you knew you were going to meet the president of the united states at the white house or royalty at Buckingham Palace, you would prepare yourself for an audience with him. As I said, we go to court. We want to go looking good because we want the judge to be impressed. If we get an opportunity to go to the White House, we're going to look real good. You know, you know, make sure we're sharp. If we go to Buckingham Palace, we're going to make sure we look good because we know what the situation's called for. We know if we want an audience, we got to represent Stop treating my Jesus. I'm a little offended maybe why I'm preaching this way is because that's my God. And I just just despise and detest how people can just think they can treat him any kind of way and do him any kind of way. That's ridiculous if we put Jesus at the bottom of the totem pole in our life because he will take anything. Everything just we just let every crap just come down on him. But we're going to give the judge reverence. We're going to give president reverence. We're going to give all these people reverence. But when it comes to him, he'll take anything. I don't like that. And I think that's just so wrong of us as people. We got to get that part together. He got to sit on top because he's on the throne and he is the one responsible for life. We got to treat him better and be more reverential to him. That drives me crazy. How we reverence people more than we do God. The one that keeps the breath in your lungs. He's the last on the totem pole. Everything else, you you know what to do to do it just right. And when it comes to him, we just say, because he's so nice. He is love. He is kind. And that's how we behave in our life. Did you notice that? The people that you know don't mess with, you don't mess with them. And the ones that's all kind and just caring and always giving, you always working them over. We better get that together. We better get that together. We have to get that together. We cannot treat Jesus uh, the least in our life because we know that he's love and all of this stuff. And everybody else that we think we can't play with them, we're going to have to just man up or woman up because they're not going to take our mess. Listen. 
I'm getting ready to take this to a close. No doubt the Lord Jesus is omnipresent. Therefore, we are technically always in his presence. But being in his presence and having an audience with him are two different things. Here's where I'm going. Because I know some of you say, I've heard from the Lord. Uh, I feel his presence. All kind of things. And that's great. You have felt the presence of God. That's great. You have heard the word of God. That's great. You have, you, you, God may have even spoken to you to do something, and that's great. But all of that is not the same as having an audience with him. Because his presence, that's not having an audience. Hearing instructions from him, that's not an audience. Having an audience with God makes you have favor with God. God telling you repent and be baptized in his name, that doesn't mean you have an audience. That's him telling you what to do. God telling you move over before you get hit by that car, that's just him telling you. That's not an audience. You feeling the presence of God moving in our church service don't mean you have the audience with God. It just means his presence is moving. Those are different things. So if you're okay with just being in his presence, if you're okay with just hearing his word, that's great. But I want his the presence of God, I want to hear the word of God, and I also want an audience with my God. I want an audience with him. I want to commune with him. I want to have fellowship with him. I want an audience with my God. I just don't want him to command me. I just don't want to, 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 to just feel his presence. I want to have an audience with Jesus Christ and him tell me something and I ask him something and I ask him favor and he says, yes, son, here's my favor on your life. I want an audience with God. Martha was in the presence of Jesus, but Mary had an audience with him. You see how close that is? You see how close that is? They were both in the same house. Brother Sharp, they were both in the same house, Martha and Mary, but Mary had the audience. Martha was all just in his presence. You can be in his presence and not have the audience with him. Martha didn't have the audience, but Mary did. The multitude was in his presence, but blind Bartimaeus had an audience with him. The multitude was walking with him. They were all screaming, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But blind Bartimaeus, uh, he humbled himself. He didn't care if he was embarrassed. He didn't care what they thought. As a matter of fact, they said to him, yo, man, stop going so crazy. Be quiet. He says, leave me alone. Uh, Jesus, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, and he kept crying out till he got an audience because he he humbled himself because he submitted. He says, God, I need an audience with you. It doesn't change. Submission and humility and putting on the, the garment of, of righteousness and favor and, 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 and salvation is what it's going to take to get an audience with God. He was present among the multitude of people in Jericho. But Zacchaeus had an audience with him. The little short man, he ran up in the tree, didn't care what people thought about him. The little short man heard Jesus was coming his way. And the little short man, he knew he was not right in his heart. And guess what he did? He says, I need an audience with him. And that little short man ran up in a sycamore tree and looked and said, Jesus, he was just in awe of who Jesus was. And guess what? Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house that day because Zacchaeus wanted an audience with him. Zacchaeus did what was required to get an audience with Jesus. 
Do you want an audience with Jesus? Do you want an audience with Jesus? He was present in a village in Galilee, but the ten lepers had an audience with him. Jesus can be present, and you can feel his presence, but you might not have an audience with him. And that's what we're talking about here today. It's a difference being in the presence of God. It's a difference getting instructions from God and having an audience with him. And so I can preach to you his word today. That's instructions. Uh, I, can, I can preach to you and his presence will move on you. You're like, oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. But that doesn't mean you have an audience. It's up to you if you get an audience with Jesus. The preacher can't help you get an audience with him. Your mother can't help you get an audience with him. Your brother can't help you get an audience with him. Your uncle can't get, help you get an audience with him. You have to decide that you're going to do what it takes, what it requires for you to get an audience with Jesus uh, where you will get special favor from the Lord. And so I, let me finish up here. Because Esther presented herself to the king, her husband, as he desires, as he requested, according to his standard, according to his law, he took notice of her immediately and invited her to make any petition she wished. You know you have an audience with God when you hear this from God. Not from the preacher. When you hear this from God, tell me whatever you want. And I'll give it to you. Let me let you in on a little secret. When you get an audience with God, you're always going to ask him something godly. I'll say it again. When you get an audience with God, you will always ask him for something godly. Why am I saying that? Because it requires you to prepare yourself to get the audience. So by you submitting and obeying what the requirements are, you have already prepared yourself. So you will ask him the right thing. So don't get it twisted that you think you can do whatever you want. You can ask God whatever you want when you get an audience. You wouldn't ask God whatever you want. You wouldn't ask God anything crazy when you get an audience with him. You would not. Because God knows that if you get an audience with him, you can ask him what you will and he will grant it to you. When the, when the Queen Esther got the audience with him, the king said unto her, What will thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. In other words, he said, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given you. Whatever you want God to do, you will have it if you get an audience with him. Like Esther did, if we will prepare ourselves for an audience with the king of kings, we can make the, any petition we desire, and he will grant us the petitions we desire. If we will submit and humble ourselves unto him, if we will put on the royal robe of salvation and righteousness, he will allow us to have fellowship with him in the throne room and grant us the desires of our hearts. Stand with me. There's a scripture that says, My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. 
for he is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. He is neither enriched by withholding nor impoverished by giving. If we will trust him, if we will do what he says we need to do, if we will go before him like he asked us to go before him, we will get an audience with him. Him commanding us, him telling us what we need to do is not the same as us having an audience with him. Finally, I'll say this to you. Some of us haven't really seek God to have an audience with him. Because if God right now gives you an audience with him, you wouldn't know what to ask him. You wouldn't know what to ask God if God gave you audience with him. Because some of us, all we can think of is, I need to fix this thing that's wrong in my house. Oh, my finances are messed up. I need some more money. Oh, my car is giving me problem. I need to get it fixed. Oh, you know, the kids, you know, I got to give them something. Oh, you know, the grandkids, you know, I got to do this for them. And we can go on and on and on. Oh, I need a new outfit. Oh, I need a new pocketbook. And we got all these things that we can think of that we can say we need from God. But if God stands before us and says, let me know what you desire that is godly, we may be stumped. We might not need know what we need in a godly sense. And so today... I want you to think about that. If God gave you an audience, what will you say to him that you need? God gave Solomon an audience. And Solomon said, Lord, if you will grant me wisdom so I can judge your people correctly. (coughs) If you will just grant me wisdom. Because whatever you ask God for when you get an audience with him it's for something greater it's for something greater it's not just so you can feel good whatever you ask god for when you get that audience it got to be something greater when esther was given that privilege by the king whatever you want her request was that her people not be killed Her request was that not the Jewish people get destroyed by Haman like he was planning. It was bigger than her. When you get an audience with God, whatever you're asking him, it needs to be bigger than you. And I want you to know this. Don't be afraid in telling God what you'd like for him to do when you get an audience with him. Some of us don't want to ask God for certain things. Because we know it comes with challenges. We know it comes with commitment. We know it comes with uh, uh, a learning experience. And so we're a little shy to to say what we want the Lord to do because we know that there's going to be some challenges along the way. God loves you, church. No matter what you got to go through to fulfill what God wants to do in your life, whatever favor you're asking him, you might have to go through some stuff, but you need to trust him because God loves you so much that he's not going to let anything or anyone destroy you. You can get an audience with the Lord today. You've heard from me what 
in the word of God, we need to know to understand how we get an audience with him. We need to submit to him. We need to humble ourselves before him. We need to tell him we need to be saved. And we need to tell him to clothe us with his righteousness. And when we do that and humble ourselves, God can appear to you, whether it's in thoughts, whether it's in an audible voice, whatever way, he will appear to you and give you an audience so you can ask him whatever you want. Let's go before the Lord before we dismiss here today. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the opportunity, oh God, to know that we can have an audience with you. For Lord, you are no respecter of persons. You're no respecter of persons, Lord God. You, Lord Jesus, will come and give audience to any one of us who follow after you who obey your word and your instructions for how we need to appear before you, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that somebody today will humble themselves, Lord God, will submit to you, Lord God. I pray somebody today, Lord God, will look to you to say, God, will you give me that opportunity, that audience that I can make my petition to you, that I can ask of you what I will and that you will grant it, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your will will be done in the hearts of your people as your Christ out as they cry out to you as they call on your name Lord God I pray that they will hear the voice of God today I pray that they will enter into communion and fellowship with you Lord God in the name of Jesus Christ that whatever you're calling them to the kingdom to do it will be in their heart and they will begin to petition to you what they will Lord God we need the favor of God but Lord we know we can only have your favor if we present ourselves to you in a favorable way Lord God in a way that you desire in a way that you have set forth have your way today Lord God in the name of Jesus Christ Lord let your spirit overshadow us Lord let your spirit Lord God guide us let your spirit lead us let your spirit Lord God have Oh God, tremendous impact in our thoughts, in our heart, in our walk, in our talk. In the name of Jesus Christ today, Lord, we worship you and we adore you. Oh God, we love you. Oh God, we bless your name. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Help us today, Lord God. Draw us by your spirit, Lord God. Oh, Lord, you reign in the unjust and the just alike, Lord God. Have your way in us today, Lord Jesus. And we will not leave this place today, Lord God, the same where we came in. But let your will be done, Almighty God. Let your will be done. We give you honor and praise, Lord God. You are the covenant-keeping God, Lord. You are the covenant-keeping God, Lord. And, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Oh, I plead the blood of Jesus and that miraculous healing and wholeness will transpire 
Oh, God, we pray wholeness, Lord God, in your body, from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Be healed, be whole. Oh, God, I pray your will to be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let her experience your favor, Lord God. Oh, God, have your way today, Lord Jesus. You are the covenant-keeping God. You are the covenant-keeping God. You are our King. Let's lift our hands one more time. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's just honor Him. Let's just honor Him. Jesus, we honor You. Jesus, we love You. Let Him know how much You love Him. Let Him know how much You appreciate Him. Oh, God, somebody make a commitment to the Lord right now. Somebody, God is ready to hear from you. God is ready to hear from you. If you will make a commitment to God right now, God will help you to keep that commitment. God has put something in your heart that you've been procrastinating with. But God is telling me to tell you, if you will declare it, if you will commit to Him today, right this moment, God said He will help you to keep that commitment in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God is strengthening you to keep that commitment. Commitment. God will remind you of this commitment. God will order your thoughts and your steps and your actions to keep that commitment to Him. If you will make that commitment now, right now, God will help you. God will enable you to keep it and to follow through in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's thank Him today. Let's thank Him today. Jesus, we thank You. Jesus, we thank You. Jesus, we thank You. Jesus, we thank You. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. Somebody needs to clap their hands and thank Jesus. He is so good to us. In the name of Jesus, He is the covenant-keeping God. (laughs) Church, keep trusting in the Lord. You have the, 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 the ways that you need to apply to your life, in your life, to get an audience with God, to go deeper in God. You know what you need to do now to go deeper in God. Don't let this word escape you. Don't let this word go from you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord, the power of the Holy Ghost. Will you take hold of this message today? Will you take hold of his word today and say, God, help me to live this word. Help me to understand this word that I can live it out. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, church. Enjoy the rest of your day. In Jesus' name.